When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Sunday, October the 30th, 2022. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about what went wrong for Kentucky football in that 44-6 loss to Tennessee on Saturday night there in Knoxville. We rec- I recorded this podcast with my friend and colleague and fellow Air Leader Sports columnist Mark Story, but we actually recorded this podcast on the drive back from Knoxville uh, after the game, just outside of Knoxville at like one thirty in the morning on I seventy five North. You'll hear some sound uh, of the road. Uh, you'll probably recognize that. That's I seventy five North. We recorded this podcast in the car uh, right after the game, so uh, you'll be hearing. Uh, myself and Mark uh, talking back and forth about the game. Uh, Kentucky never really in the game, uh, at least from the stamp, at least from the point where they were behind seven to six in the first quarter. Kind of an all systems failure for Kentucky. They only had uh, they had a season low in total yards, scored just six points. Defensively, they gave up big plays, and then in that kicking game, they had a blocked extra point. They had an 18-yard punt, and they gave up a 34-yard punt return. Uh, and Will Levis also threw three interceptions. So uh, just about everything that could go wrong went wrong for Kentucky. As uh, number three, Tennessee improved to 8-0 on the season. Kentucky dropped to 5-3. and They're now 2-3 and in the SEC. So let's get right to it. This is my conversation with Mark Story in my car as we're driving back uh, out just outside of Knoxville as we're driving back from the Kentucky-Tennessee game late. Uh, I would say late Saturday night, but it's really early Sunday morning. Okay, I'm here on the podcast with Mark Story, my colleague and fellow sports columnist, Lexington Herald leader. We are, full disclosure, we are recording this podcast as we're driving back from Knoxville after Kentucky's 44-6 loss to Tennessee at Nayland Stadium. Mark, as we drive back, your, your overall impression of uh, what was not a good night for Kentucky. My overall impression is bad. It's really bad. <laughs> I thought there was some decent open pit tackling by the Kentucky defense at times. I thought they, you know, they did force three punts. Otherwise, it was pretty close to an all systems failure. The special teams, again, were a problem. They missed knocked two extra points at all minutes. Missed a bankable field goal that really hurt them. And the punt blocked against South Carolina. They came back here, they had an extra point block, they had a, a shanked punt that probably was caused 
of somebody at the Tennessee guy coming that looked like unblocked up the middle, and they gave Tennessee a short field touchdown with a long run return. And beyond that, I thought the even bigger problem was the offense. The Tennessee defense last year was only 242 points and gained 612 yards against the Tennessee defense. Tonight it's six points, what, 205 yards? Yeah, season up. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, pretty much deep enough into this, this offense is just sloppy. I mean, they make, if they turn it over in the red zone, there was another interception. The red zone and commit, you know, per, I know they're not statistically an overly penalized team, but it seems like they take a lot of bad penalties that really hurt them. And because they have so much trouble with pass protection, any kind of penalty hurts them. They get behind the chains. They're sort of doomed. Yeah. You know, they, as Rich Tangarello said, you know, they played maybe their best half of the season against uh, Mississippi State. Two weeks ago, 3-3 tied halftime. They end up winning the game 27-17. So you, you kind of feel like maybe they're starting to put some things together. Then they have the off week, which, you know, Will Levis hurt his shoulder against Mississippi State. He needed the off week, you know, to get ready for this game. Had some other bumps and bruises. But, I mean, it's got to be another huge step backwards tonight. What can you do if you're the U.K. offense at this point? Are you – Are you, and I asked Rich Cangarello this – you know, is it a point, point right now where you are what you are? You just got to do better what you can do? Or can you make schematic changes or any kind of personnel changes at this point to, for the rest of the year with just four regular season games remaining? That's a great question. Rich didn't really seem to have an answer. No, I, I don't either. Um, I think to some extent you just have to go with you know, who you are at this point. You know, I, I think probably they need to throw it more on first down, but the problem with that is that you're sort of taking the ball out of Christopher Rodriguez. You don't have it in his hand. I, mean, I think probably back to the wall, I would say at this point, you are who you are. You've just got to try to make it better and you know, figure out a way to win some, win some games down the stretch. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think part it all probably goes back to the offensive line is just you know it's 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 just not been able to continue to sustain and open holes for the running backs and give enough pass protection for Will Levis so that he can get the ball downfield. I thought tonight, although Will said he really thought the he forced that one throw, which was one of his three interceptions, but I thought he forced some throws. Which is sort of understandable when you fall way behind, you're going to have to try to take some chances. Um, but, uh, you know, what about defensively? You know, they did hold them under 500 yards. Obviously, with the offense, offense put them in some bad positions uh, by not being able to, you know, capitalize on, especially that in the second quarter, they, with the first intercept, Levis's first interception, which I don't think was Will's fault, uh, Dan Keats ago. You know, big hit there. The ball ricocheted into a Tennessee player's hands. They get a 48-yard interception return. They don't score, but it flips the field. Kentucky ends up to getting the ball on the two-yard line after a Tennessee punt. And then, you know, they did get one first down, but they, that was the 18-yard punt. But then after that, which set up Tennessee for another score right before half. Overall, how did you think the defense played? I thought there were some good parts. Um, like I said, I thought there was 
pretty good open field tackling. I thought they were mostly able to get Tennessee to the ground and didn't give up an abundance of yards after catch. And I thought, you know, the the problem was the just what, two, maybe three, it looked like they gave up, you know, touchdown passes to guys who were just wide open. You know, Brad White said after the game that the goal was to be, to make Tennessee, you know, make the catch. It looked like on that first, the first drive of the game there was busted coverage. And maybe I could tell the same thing happened on the, the last touchdown of the first half right before halftime. It looked like the same play to me. I don't know, you know same problem for Kentucky. You know, in a game like that, you know, people say you have to play perfect. Well, you're never going to play perfect. But they had to play well. They had to play well across all units. And they played, I would say, badly special teams and offense. And I think defense was okay, but they were play okay against a team who were better than So how big, of, how big of a setback is this for for the program overall. I mean, there's a lot of hype coming into this game. Kentucky number 19 in the nation. Tennessee number three. Primetime ESPN game. You got Valor, Herb Street, the number one crew. They've obviously got a big national audience watching this game. And they say Kentucky lose by 38 points to a Tennessee team that two years ago was 3-7 and seven, and the Kentucky beat 34-7. to seven. Now, that was in the COVID year. Different coach, Jeremy Pruitt. You know, obviously different circumstances now. But, you know, how big a setback is this for Kentucky? Well, it is a setback. I don't think there's any, any way around that. As you said, you know, this, this thing was in a primetime window. You had the A-team, ESPN, the college football A-team there. I mean, you know, you don't – and let's be honest, Tennessee's a program that I would argue that before this year, since – 2017, Kentucky had probably been the better program. So I know the head-to-head was two and three, and I know that was frustrating to UK fans, but by most metrics, Kentucky had been the better program. So to go in there and not, not just that they lost, I thought, you know, I picked them to lose 35-27, so I thought they would go in there and play well and just not quite be able to pull it out. You know, to, get, to just get run, you know, yeah, it's, it's a bad luck, you know, you know, I don't know that you want to overreact to one outcome, but it was, it was definitely a bad look. Okay, we're going to talk about where Kentucky goes from here uh, after we take this quick break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, back here with Mark Story. We're coming back from Knoxville. Uh, headed back out of Knoxville after Kentucky's 44-6 loss to Tennessee and what was a very disappointing performance by Kentucky uh, tonight. Mark, four games left in the regular season. Now they go to Missouri next week. Missouri's coming off of a really good win today. They won 23-10 at South Carolina after South Carolina had just entered the top 25. Uh, Missouri, Kentucky did not play well the last time they went to Columbia. 
uh, against Missouri, and then after Missouri, you got Vanderbilt, but then you've got Georgia at home and a Louisville team, which is looks like it's starting to find itself. Had a big win today over a ranked Wake Forest team there at Cardinal Stadium. I mean, you know, not to overreact to this loss tonight, but you can look down the road and see that this thing could go really off the rails in a season that Kentucky had hopes of, you know, winning the SEC East or at least making that Georgia game on November 19th be the title game for the SEC East. We're looking at a season where Kentucky could, you know, even end up like 6-6. Six and six. What about the rest of the year? Well, the back end of the schedule definitely looks tougher now than it did, you know, when the season started. Not only did Kentucky not play well at Missouri in 2020, at least offensively, they didn't play well at Missouri in 2018. The game they just sort of dead in the water until the end, the blue boat returned to the punt. They got, you know, the kind of the last cast drive, got the pass interference penalty in the end zone, and extended the game and they were able to pull it out. So that's two straight times at Missouri they've not played well offensively. Missouri's defense is good. Nobody could score as many points on Missouri in the SEC. Missouri has played a ton of all three of their losses in the SEC are one-possession games, including a game where they arguably should have beaten Georgia. So that's not going to be an easy game. You hope you know, Vanderbilt at home is a game to win, that would at least make them bowl eligible. It's hard to think the way Kentucky's played this year that they're going to beat Georgia. And the risk to me is the Georgia thing is Mark Stoops is two and seven in the week the game after Georgia. The last time Louisville beat Kentucky was the twenty seventeen. That was a year when the Georgia game was the game immediately before Louisville. And, and, and to me the difference the advantage Kentucky's had over Louisville in this three game winning streak They've just dominated Louisville on the line of scrimmage defensively, but especially offensively. Let's be honest, that's not who Kentucky is this year. So, yeah, this back end of the schedule looks a whole whole lot trickier than maybe it did in August when we were all making our season picks. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that, the way this thing has played out. I mean, I, I didn't think Missouri was very good, and they played much better, especially as you mentioned defensively. Uh, Georgia's Georgia. They're the number one team in the country. We're now next next week's game between Georgia and Tennessee. Looks like it's going to be the game for the SEC East title. That game is in Athens. Georgia beat Florida today. Uh, to me, I mean, in this you know this point in the season, uh, you know, coming off a big loss, you know, your leaders need to step up. Uh, Brad White. When we talked to Brad White, who was asked about the fact that they've lost three out of four, where do you go from here? He said, "You know, that's life. You got to bounce back. This is the SEC. You know, if you're not going, if you're going to hang your head and mope, then they're going to find somebody else to play." Uh, I think we're going to find out a lot about the leadership of this team. Uh, Mark and I were talking before we started recording here. You know, this is Kentucky's worst loss since the 63-3 humbling they took at Alabama. But that was the COVID year. Kentucky was minus a lot of players in that game who had either tested positive for COVID or were you know, been in contact with people with COVID and had to sit out. Uh, but but before that, you go back to the 2017 team that lost to Mississippi State 45-7. to And as Mark pointed out to me, right after that game, they came back and beat Tennessee. Uh, that was the Stephen Johnson game. 
I mean, can you see this team kind of bouncing back in that way? What do you, how do you, you know, how do you feel this team compares to that team? Obviously, it's farther along in Mark Stoops' program, but every team is different. Yeah, I think what makes this situation challenging is just the expectations were so high. And at this point, you know, the only thing they could do at this point that would make the season quote unquote special would be to beat Jordan. Yeah. That just, you know, Play the, shot. Yeah, you play the game. There's a reason you play the game, but that just doesn't seem you know, real feasible. So, you know, I think it's kind of a, in a sports context, it's sort of a character test. You know, if they could win at Missouri, that would be a good win the way Missouri's playing. You know, people would perk back up and feel better. And if you could, you know, take care of business with Andy, and beat Louisville, your arch rival, you know, that would be an 8-4 season, which is actually what I picked them before the year. I think people would, you know, it would be a disappointment for what people were hoping for. But it would be the third-best Kentucky season since 1984, third-best Kentucky regular season. So, you know, do I think, you know, I think the Missouri game is huge. I think they win that. I think, you know, they'll get some confidence and perk back up and, or maybe play well down the stretch. But you lose that one, especially if they lose it, they can't score and struggle offensively again. I then become sort of concerned about just kind of the negative momentum taking taking the money. No, yeah, I agree. And uh, I see if you agree with this. I mean, I think the key is most of that score game. The offense has just got to get better. They've got to be more productive. They've got to be more consistent. They've got to find they had no explosive plays tonight at all uh, against the Tennessee defense that I think was 84, uh, you know, in total defense in the country. It's not like Tennessee had been shutting down teams, other teams' offenses. Uh, even in that LSU game, which they won 40-13, to 13, LSU went for it in the first half a couple times up fourth down and didn't, uh, didn't convert, and that ended up, you know, helping putting them in a big hole. Uh, if they're going to be, you know, and to me, there's if you fall back to '84, you know that's one thing. But if you, fall, I mean, that's not not great. But you know, if, if you win, you know, if you finish fairly strong and you finish '84, that's one thing. But if you fall all the way back to six and six, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a whole different bat. <laughs> yeah. That would, I mean, you know, that would that that would be a program setback. Expectations were so high, like I said, unless they beat Georgia, there's probably nothing you can do at this point that would make me feel like it's a step forward or you know, program progression. But if you could get to eight wins and maybe you win a bowl, you know, that would be a nine four season. Like I said, that would be the third best Kentucky season since 1984. And, you know, that I think that's something you could you know, recruit off of and you know, shit off some momentum. You know, the thing that's tough is, you know, what happened tonight sort of reinforces the idea that there's kind of a ceiling on Kentucky football. And that's sort of what Mark Stoops, his whole thing is sort of a rebellion against that idea. That's why the basketball school thing is problematic, played into that. But, you know, you know anything you can do about that now, I guess, I, mean, I guess you could beat Georgia. That would change, change that narrative. But I think if... They could get to eight wins, you know, at least, you know, that's a decent season. It's not where the expectations were, but it's not a disaster. Do you see the offense as being the key to the rest of these final four games? I do. 
although he wouldn't kill him to tighten up the specialties. Right. But, yeah, I think the offense is kind of the story. Again, I think there's some risk with the defense. There's just so much pressure on them that you know, they just sort of let go at some point. And that's why I think it's important for the offense to get something done next week. If they, the offense plays well against a good Missouri defense, I think that sort of reinvigorates everybody. But if the offense goes out there and struggles again, I worry a little bit about the defense just getting so beaten down that even they don't play as well. Yeah, plus, plus you know, injuries. Andre Square left the game early tonight. Obviously, that didn't help uh, any uh, at all. I mean, when he's your most experienced linebacker, they, and you've also got Jacquez Jones already out, so your two starting linebackers uh, did not play in this game. The guys who started the season. Uh, so Kentucky falls to five and three, two and three in the SEC. As we've mentioned, they're at Missouri this coming Saturday. We'll have Mark Stoops' press conference on Monday. We'll have coverage th- throughout the week to see if Kentucky can bounce back after this 38-point loss tonight uh, in at uh, to Tennessee at the uh, Nayland Stadium. Well, what did you think, Mark? Now that we got to see the dark mode black Tennessee uniform, what did you think of those? I liked them. I thought they were cool. I'll just say, and obviously it's better when you're seven and zero in the game. But I thought the game environment was yeah, unbelievable. It was. Yeah. I think it was the best I've ever seen in that stadium. It was really cool. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the black uniforms. I'm an old traditionalist. Uh, you know, it's not the colors, but I did like. I, I thought they were pretty impressive. I'll have to admit the Tennessee black uniforms, especially right on Halloween, on the the, the black and the orange. Uh, I thought those looked nice. And then, yeah, I, I agree. The environment was great. The pregame show they put on where they turn off all the lights and people light up their phones and uh, kind of a light show there. That was pretty impressive. So uh, yeah, I, you got to tip your hat to Tennessee. I mean, they're playing really well right now. Josh Heupel's done a tremendous job. Your guy, Hendon Hooker. I mean, he looked great again tonight. He's just so efficient in his throws. He puts the ball on the money. I can think of maybe one throw that he missed all night, uh, where it just you know missed an open guy. So you got to give Tennessee a lot of credit. That Tennessee Georgia game will be an interesting game when you got Georgia's defense going against Tennessee's offense. But if you're Kentucky, you got to worry about Missouri because that's next up on Saturday. Like I mentioned, we got Mark Stoops' press conference on Monday. Coverage throughout the week. Be sure and follow Mark on Twitter, at Mark C. Story. And, Mark, I will see you Monday at Mark Stoops' press Thanks, John. Okay, that'll do it for this, an unusual edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks always to Mark Story. Follow him Twitter at, on Twitter at Mark C. Story. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. As I mentioned, Kentucky and Missouri coming up on Saturday. It's a noon game in Columbia where Kentucky will try to bounce back. They've lost three out of their last four. They got four games left. They need to right the ship to try to make a strong finish to this 2022 season. Remember, you can also e- email me at jclay at heraldleader.com. Check out all the subscription offers to Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader by going to Kentucky.com and hitting on that subscription tab. We appreciate everybody who supports the podcast. Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Mark's story. We'll be talking to you again soon on the John Clay Podcast.